With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Everybody, welcome back to one of the newest podcasts here in the Land Grant Holy Land family of podcasts. It is the only college basketball podcast within the LGHL family of podcasts, and we're going to call it Bucketheads. We drug our feet on a name for a while, um, but what we will not drag our feet on is some high-quality college hoops content for your ears. My name is Connor Lamans. I'm here with our newest, hottest, not new not really new. He's been here before, but he's back. His name is Justin Golba. He is our newest basketball guy. Um, I was really carrying the, the basketball torch for a while there, so I, I've got some assistance now. Uh, Justin and I pair up on the Your Nuts basketball articles on Friday, so you may have seen those. Um, if not, check them out every Friday. Justin, uh, how are you doing today? Uh, where are you recording from? And uh, I guess we're recording this on a Tuesday. How's your week been so far? I'm good, Connor. I'm out of Cleveland, Ohio, so... You know, it's only Tuesday, so the week can only go down from here. But right now, it's been pretty solid. Hell yeah. So today, we're going to get into uh, a bit of Ohio State stuff, mostly EJ Liddell, Dwayne Washington Jr. Um, at the G League Elite Camp, um, and now one of them uh, at the NBA Combine for the next week or so. Um, but the, ne- the meat of this episode is going to be breaking down the TBT bracket that we saw released yesterday. Um, that is going to include Carmen's crew, who are, the, who are the one seed in the Columbus region, and we'll play their first few games over at the Cavelli Center on Ohio State campus. Um, I really want to talk about all the crazy stuff going on with Wisconsin's basketball program, too. So we'll give that like a few minutes as well. Yeah, truth be told, we did record our first episode about two weeks ago. And while, as always, the content was fantastic, the audio did not hold up its end of the bargain. So this is technically our second episode, but we're going to treat it like it's our first. Exactly. So we had our, an episode of the Unnamed Basketball Podcast. This is going to be technically episode two of the basketball podcast, but episode one of the Bucketheads podcast. Um, so let's get into it. Let's let's talk about um, let's talk about EJ and Dwayne. Um, I know you've been paying attention because we've all been paying attention, like putting in the Slack message and stuff. EJ and Dwayne have been at the G League Elite Camp, which basically is like the guys who were not quite good enough to get to the combine. It seems like, I know you're a bigger NBA dude than I am. I'm really not an NBA guy, but that's what it seems like. It's like the next 40 players that didn't quite make the combine and they all play scrimmages and stuff. And then a few of them get invited to the combine. Do I have like a pretty good handle on like, that's what it is, right? Yeah, it's basically the guys, if let's break it down in professional baseball terms, the guys aren't quite good enough for the majors out of college. 
they go to AAA out of college, and then a couple of them will get a little invite to the majors. And that's kind of what the combine is to the G League elite. So these guys are guys who are good enough that they want to be seen again by the NBA scouts, but they they need to see a little more, and that's what these guys were trying to do. Um, and as we saw, that's what Dwayne Washington did. Yeah, so if you haven't paid, paid too close attention this week, um, EJ and Dwayne both were at the G League camp. Um, they both played like two games, like two five and five games. And it was kind of fun because the first game um, they actually faced each other. Um, I think EJ had like four or five points and Dwayne had 13. And then in day two, um, Dwayne scored, I think, 18 in his second game. And EJ was held scoreless. And it wasn't even like scoreless over like a few minutes. I think he played like 20 minutes and was like 05 from the field. Um, EJ just did not have a good showing at that camp and Dwayne did. And we just found out like super late last night that Dwayne was one of four players that got an invite to, um, to the combine. So like, Justin, do you think that, like, I think that EJ might announce that he's coming back before the July 7th deadline. Do you think this is going to speed that up for EJ? Like, what do you think this means for like those two guys and like their decisions? Yeah, it's interesting because for a guy like EJ, there's nothing really left. They don't have any more workouts. They don't have any more combine stuff. Um, so you have to figure that, you know, he's probably in that decision-making process now. Whether it's, you know, what he what he's, what he's doing, he might not know yet, but he's got to be in that decision-making process now. There's no real reason to wait till July 7th. Obviously, for Dwayne Washington, there is because he has to go to the combine. So I would definitely hear from EJ before Dwayne. Um, it just depends on kind of where EJ Liddell actually was in the decision-making process before this. If he was truly undecided, now he has to decide. If he was leaning one way or another, this probably leaned him more towards that way. Right. That, I just don't know if EJ – I don't know if EJ is going to – I guess the NBA is kind of turning in like more of a positionless league. Like you don't necessarily need to follow a specific script or a specific position to be successful. But like EJ to me is just like – if he doesn't, if he doesn't either become a much better shooter, or I guess just get bigger, I don't really know what his position would be in the NBA. And again, I'm I'm a college basketball guy. I like I literally did not watch a single NBA game last like this whole season so far, including playoffs. So I could be totally wrong. He just looks like he doesn't scream NBA to me right now. Um, and after that showing at the combine, I don't really see why he would move forward and like stay in the draft at this point, unless he's like, I'm okay with going and playing in like, you know, Serbia and making, you know, probably good money overseas. But I don't think he's going to get drafted by any means after this. No. And, and he wasn't on many draft boards to begin with. And this just kept him off them. You know, all this can do is either keep you off draft boards or kind of shoot you onto some. And uh, for Dwayne Washington, it, it kind of shot him onto a couple, but for EJ, it just kept him off. So at this point, Unless he was NBA or bust, you have to think he's coming back to school. Um, and if he's NBA or bust, you know, we've seen guys that are small. I mean, we just saw with Jay Sean Tate, who can work their way into an NBA roster and make a difference. But EJ doesn't have that kind of skill set of like, you know, Jay Sean Tate, I can see him being somewhat of like a Draymond Green in the NBA, not that impactful because Draymond Green is a triple-double kind of guy but can get you, you know, eight points, seven rebounds, seven assists kind of deal. I don't see that EJ having that role yet. And like you said, he's not, he's definitely improved his shooting, but he's still not a shooter, shooter. 
So it's going to be, and he's definitely not big enough to play the four or the five dot low. So it's kind of interesting. He, he's not really in a position in the NBA right now. I think he could very much benefit from one more year and then try to turn his skill set into that Draymond Green, that big defender that can kind of get you eight, eight, and eight um, on the, in the NBA. Yeah, and like Jayshon Tate, I mean, he didn't get drafted either. Like, and he didn't get drafted because I think he's gotten he's gotten better, obviously. But same thing, like, what's his position? Is he is was Jayshon Tate a guard? Like, hell no, he's not a guard. Is he a center? Not really. Like, he really had to go play a couple years to prove, like, I am, you know, unicorn is like Chris Dapps, but like, I am a really unique player. Basically, he had to prove that he's a unique player. Like, yeah, I'm six four, but like, I'll guard your like, I'll guard a guy that's six nine, six ten, and I'll make it work. Like, he had to prove that for a few years before he was able to then make the jump and now he's a 25 year old rookie so he wasn't drafted either and i think it's kind of be the same thing with ej and Dwayne is Dwayne is really fun because I'm, I'm super happy for Dwayne. obviously i want him to come back to play at ohio state but to see like how the season ended with oral roberts and stuff and how much shit people gave him for like how the season ended to see him like really showing up now and to maybe boost up to a point where maybe he'll get like in the back end of the second round is like I'm I'm super excited. I want him to come back, but if he's not going to come back, this is the second best thing for him to come out of nowhere and all of a sudden maybe get drafted. That, that's sick. I love that. Yeah, and I think there was two comments on uh, Jonathan Gavani when he when he announced the you know who he who he heard was going to get the invite. There's two comments to me that summed up Ohio State or how people not even Ohio State but college basketball fans feel about doing Washington. And the first one said the guy that lost in the game against Oral Roberts. And the second, the comment to that was, no, the guy that got them to be a two seed. And I think when you look at Dwayne Washington, recency bias will tell you, yes, he struggled against Oral Roberts. Obviously, no one's going to argue, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But he had a fantastic season. He's a fantastic player. He's a guy who's going to work his absolute butt off no matter what. And he's someone that he's very easy to root for. I don't know why he takes so much heat, especially from Buckeye fans, because Buckeye fans should love him. Um, cause even though he struggled one game, like I said, he's willed them to many other wins and he is someone that you should really just get behind because he's a very easy person to root for. Um, so I, 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 again, I'm in the same boat as you. It's kind of a win-win because if he does go to the NBA and he does succeed, awesome. You know, more power to him. I'm going to love to watch him and probably buy a Jersey. If he comes back, Ohio state's the second best team in the country. So. Right. Honestly, it kind of reminds me like, kind of compared to football it kind of reminds me of uh when terry mclaurin got drafted um i mean terry mclaurin was like because the nfl draft is obviously what's the nfl draft seven rounds six rounds um you know he was looked at as like a as a back end of the draft kind of guy because there's so many rounds he had a chance to go and then after the senior bowl and the workouts and stuff i think terry ended up being a second rounder um and he's been great and i was also so excited for him because like just an easy guy to root for and it's those workouts, those pre-draft workouts and stuff. You just need a couple teams to see and be like, oh, man, like I see value in this guy because of you know reasons A, B, and C to take him. So Dwayne has some stuff to work on. Um, you can't hide the defense. They're going to work him out, and they're going to see the defense, which is probably at best average. But you know he's so streaky that... Um, you know, he, 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 can, he, can, he can single-handedly win a team like games like we saw in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, he put the whole damn team on his back and won, he almost won them the whole Big Ten tournament. So um, you just need a couple teams to see you and think that, you know, that, that you're worth a pick in that late in the second round. 
Yeah, 100%. And this G League League camp was kind of the best thing for him because as a guy who just goes, he's just a bucket getter. And that's what these league camps are for. We look at the four guys that got selected, Wiggins, Carla Jones, A.J. Lawson, and Dwayne Watt. All those guys are just their bucket getters. They're guys who just put their head down and can score. And that's what this thing showed. Absolutely. And so if if both of those dudes don't come back, so let's say Dwayne, I think that I think if, if Dwayne has a good week at the Combine, I think he's probably gone. Um, I think that after this, EJ is probably staying. But let's say hypothetically they both go. Um, how would you feel about Ohio State going into the fall? Like, what would your temperature be? How do you? How confident would you be in that team if both those guys leave? I think my temperature on that team would be kind of how it was this year. Going into a lot of questions, but still a talented team. You know, you look at probably the starting five. If those two are gone, probably would look at a Jamari Wheeler – Maybe a Malachi Branham, uh, maybe a Justice Suing kind of deal with Kyle Young and uh, Joey Brunk maybe starting, you know, maybe Justin Arns floating in there somewhere, maybe a Seth Towns. Uh, probably with those seven all playing for the starting starting position, starting uh, roles there. Um, it's not a bad team by any means. You need somebody to step up. There is no Dwayne Washington or EJ Liddell in that group. So you need somebody to step up. Maybe it's a Malachi Branham. It's hard to tell because he's a freshman. Um, maybe Justin Arms will finally learn to just catch and shoot. Um, I don't know. That's that's going to be that's going to be their biggest issue. Will be there's no go getter of that group. They'll need somebody to step in. Whereas if they both come back, you have the two go getters. That, that's who they are. That's what they're going to do. They're going to both average probably twenty a game. Uh, so that you know that that role would be solved pretty quickly. Right. I think that if uh, I think that if both of those guys leave, it's going to be really tough. Um, I don't, I don't see a, it's like, I, I don't see a score on that team. Maybe justice suing or Branham, maybe um, if they both leave, um, that's going to be tough. It's probably going to be Holtman's worst team. I think since he's got there, if, uh, if they both leave. And I think if you keep one or the other, they're going to be pretty good. But I think if you lose both, um, it's going to be probably a pretty trying year for them. Yeah. Especially with the non-conference schedule shaping up to be pretty tough. Um, you know, if you lose four or five in non-conference, you're obviously going to lose some in the Big Ten. There, there's a very good chance that that team would be around 500, maybe even a little bit worse. And I think they'd still probably make the tournament, but as like 11, 12 seed. Whereas just these two guys could flip that entire script to where, honestly, when I say I think they're the second best team in the country, I'm not exaggerating. Gonzaga's number one. There's no even question about it. Uh, but I think that team would very, very you could very well make an argument they'd be the number two team in the country. I mean, UCLA is going to be really good too, especially yeah. if – I think that Juzang, Johnny Juzang probably stays in the draft because, like, you're going to ride that that hot hand, that, like, that hot streak, kind of like uh, – who was the guy from Villanova? Was it DiVincenzo a few years ago? That was, like, not he – like he was, like, a six-man, and then I think he went – he might have been a late first-rounder. It was really crazy. So I think that Juzang will probably stay in, but UCLA is going to be really good too. Um, Another team I want to talk about, aside from the big, aside from Ohio State, um, want to hit on it real quick. Was like, what the hell is going on with Wisconsin? I don't know if you read the article um, with Greg Gard today. Basically, um, if you guys haven't checked it out, if you just go on Twitter and like search Greg Gard, you're gonna get all of it. Basically, like the the Wisconsin seniors, it seems like had a had a meeting with Greg Gard in like January when Wisconsin was playing pretty poorly. And one of those guys in the meeting, we don't know who, was filming it in his back pocket. Um, and 
uh, which I don't know which uh, newspaper it was, Madison.com, the Wisconsin State Journal, published an article today basically saying everything that those guys said in the meeting and they just tore him up. They are, they didn't like that. You know, they felt like they were just part of his resume. Like they were his employees essentially. Yeah. And I mean, you posted, I know I saw that you posted probably the harshest part, which was uh, a lean forward, which basically he just said like everything I did was just to, to spite you talking about Greg guard and to prove you wrong. And it, it was insane to see they were talking about their coach um, the only real knowledge I have of Greg Gard from an inside perspective is when about a year ago I covered uh, high school sports in Nebraska and I covered Chucky Hepburn who was heading to Wisconsin. And I used to talk to him about Greg Gard all the time and I met Greg Gard through him and he was a nice guy. Uh, Chucky loved him even off the record. So, you know, he does have some support, I guess you'd say there, but um it did not seem like these the guys that were on the team were too high on him uh, from this article. And even in a guy like Nate Reavers, I can understand because of how he, it's, it seemed like something happened there. If you follow college basketball, you kind of saw his role really diminish over the past two years um, where it looked like he was going to be the guy. And then he was, you know, maybe like their seventh man this year. So it was very interesting. But, I, you know, when you have guys talking about that, like your coach, we saw that just, what, maybe two months ago with Cincinnati – they got him out of there real quick with John Brandon. So um, it would be interesting to see how Wisconsin handles this. If I had to guess, I'd say Greg Gard might be on his way out, though. Like, how much do you have to hate your coach? Or I guess it could have been one of the assistants, too. How much do you have to hate your head coach to go into this meeting and to film it in your back pocket? Because you're not filming it in your back pocket if you don't have, like, any intention of sharing it or thinking about sharing it. So mm-hmm. somebody went in there like, I'm going to tape this because I might, I might just release this to somebody eventually. And, and yeah, like you said, like how bad of a situation is it that one of your own players too literally says like, when I started playing well, when I started getting buckets, it was not because I wanted to win games for you or for my teammates or for this team. It was because of the things that you said to me that I wanted to prove you wrong. And which Aleem Ford, he didn't say in the article, like what Greg Gard said about him or what mean things or, you know, put downs that he used about four, but literally he said in the article, when I started playing good basketball, it was what, what fueled me was I wanted to prove you wrong. I was trying to spite you to show you how wrong you are about me. I mean, that's, that's really toxic. Yeah. And it does make you think about what Greg Gardner might have said to him to make him think that I need to play well to prove you wrong. You know, it obviously said something to him, whether it was just, you know, obviously coaches run that fine line of, motivating players and also just, you know, being bad people. <laughs> um, so it's, it, it'll be interesting to see what comes out from this. But like I said, normally, and like you, like you said, especially um, when a guy is holding this into his back pocket, normally they tend to take the player side on this. And if it comes out that, you know, something was going on with Greg guard, he'll be gone. And with whoever filmed it probably had that in mind. So, he was definitely not exactly. making too many. He wasn't making too many fans. Exactly. Like you, you don't go in with it with a you know the audio recorder in your back pocket or record with your phone to record this for just fun. Obviously, they had this plan. Like at some point, I'm going to release this. Or if he you know pisses me off one more time, I'm going to release this. So that's that's nasty. I loved reading it. It's like 
that you you don't get stuff like that and it, it's kind of crappy that one of the players would do that but you're not really going to get to read much like that where you get that close to the inside of a locker room um you got quotes from every single senior brad davison is the only one of those seven even though all seven could come back if they wanted only brad davison came back and he basically said like you know you had us all pointing the finger at each other because you pointed the fingers to individual players he said it, it sounded like that brad uh red guard would kind of blame individual players for losses and stuff. And so then Davison's like, you had me, you know, you had me blaming Dimitri Trice and, and Michael Potter, you know, it just, it just sounds really bad, but it's very cool that you get to see the quotes from all seven seniors in the article. Um, I don't know who recorded it, but somebody is real salty. Yeah. And you know, Ohio State fans can say what they want about Chris Holtman. I can promise you a story like this will never come out. So uh, at least you have that to, to, Hold your head on. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. See, the show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, so we got we got through the Ohio State stuff, Dwayne and EJ. We got to talk about Greg Gard. Um, let's do, um, let's head on TBT. Um, every, not everybody listening to this may not be a TBT fan. I'm guessing if you're, but if you're willing to listen to a college basketball podcast in the middle of June, you probably are watching TBT. Um, so the TBT bracket came out yesterday afternoon. Um, so we're going to run through that real quick. Um, do you want to go? I have the whole bracket pulled up here. Do you want to like start with uh, the Carmen's crew region, the top right? Or do you want to start like top left and go around? How do you want to do this? Uh, it's up to you. But I do want to say something real quick. If you are listening to this and you're not watching TBT, you're making a grave mistake because TBT is by far the best part of the summer. So we can start every month. Yeah, TBT rocks. Last summer it was it was great because it was like the first live sporting event in like years and years it felt like because of COVID. So this year they're getting it back to 64 teams. If you're in Columbus, uh, tickets are still on sale. I just bought tickets this week. So I can confirm like the whole lower level is already sold out. Um, Cavelli's Cavelli's pretty small, but like I'm sitting in like the second section back. So I can't imagine that there are going to be any tickets left once we get through June. But um, all right, let's start. Uh, I'll start with, we can start with the, the Carmen's crew um, region. What I'll do is I'll, I'll let me read through. I'll do the first one. I'll read through all 16 teams and then you can go ahead and, and talk about any teams that jump out at you. Um, number one seed in Carmen's crew region is in the Columbus region is Carmen's crew, um, which is obviously the Ohio state alumni. They will face off against the 16 seed, which is, I believe mid American unity, um, which I talked to you about earlier. It's like a bunch of former Mac players. Um, they've played in the tournament for a few years. The number two seed is the red scare. So Dayton's al- alumni team. Um, they are very good. And they bring a lot of fans every single time we have crowds. And they are playing the 15 seed. I can't even pronounce the, the name. It says Vahakani City BC. Um, I think I would Sharpie Dayton to, to through that one. Uh, zip them up. The Xavier alumni team is the three seed. 
and they will take on it would be the 14 seed Ohio 1804, which is an OU alumni team. So that'll be kind of fun. Um, the four seed in this region is Team Hines, which is Kyle Hines, like a big EuroLeague guy. That's another team that's been on TBT for several years in a row. They would then play the 13 seed, which is um, Brown and White, which is a St. Bonaventure alum team. Five seed there. Um, the money team is like the team that's endorsed and paid for by Floyd Mayweather. Um, I don't even know who's on that team. They would play the 12, which is the region. Uh, I also don't know who the region is. Number six is Blue Collar U, which is a Buffalo alumni team. That we talk about that in a minute. That's a team that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. And they would play 11, which is TNT, the nerd team. I have no idea who's on the nerd team. Seven seed is Wolfblood, which is NC State. They would take on the 10, Category 5, which is Miami of Florida, Miami alum. And then your 8-9 is going to be Men of Mackey, uh, Purdue, and the Volunteers, just the Tennessee alumni team. So of those teams, uh, which ones are you like the most excited to watch? Yeah, um, they did not do Ohio State too many favors with this bracket. Uh, it's not like it's incredibly difficult, but I mean, just off-rip, Mid-American Unity... Um, this is pretty much made up of Kent State and Toledo players from like 2013 to 2018. And anybody that followed the Mac in that time span, which if you didn't, you missed out. It was a lot of fun. Uh, that, those are very good teams. And, you know, you got three-time All-Mac player Jimmy Hall is playing. Former Ohio State and Toledo product J.D. Witherspoon's on that team. Uh, Toledo big man Luke Knappke is on that team. Uh, Kent State, former Kent State guard Boo Man Williams, who is a it's kind of a defensive hound will be on that team, so he'll be interesting to watch against Aaron Kraft. There's a lot of talent on that team. Romeo Travis is kind of in charge of the team. And coaching the team is Cameron Joyce, who, if you know anything about high school basketball, is Drew Joyce's son. Um, so there's a lot of connections there, obviously, to Akron and LeBron and, and the Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- that's going to be a good t- – I do think I, I think Carmen's crew will beat him by about 15. But that's not an easy game as a one. It's kind of like last year. They're not quite as good as House of Pain, but when that came out, everyone was like, wow, that's who you're going to get the one seed to? Okay. Um, proven by this year, House of Pain's a freaking two seed, and it's pretty much the same team. So that's that's Yeah, nice. that, yeah uh, that was a really t- – that was a tough draw. That was yeah, definitely a tough draw. What else What else are you seeing in this corner? Well, and then I see the next game, which is Menemaki, um, which is Robbie Humble and, and crew. So that will be fun. Ohio State against Purdue, as long as they don't play it at uh, – uh, at Purdue, we should be okay, but who knows? Uh, and then you got the, you know, my as we do, we know we did our articles about teams to watch. Mine was zip them up. The Xavier alumni team, they get the three seed in this one. I think they will beat Red Scare. I think that's who Ohio State will see. Ohio State, Carmen's group, we'll see in the Elite Eight. Um, that's a very good team. They've added even more talent since then. The NC State team stands out to me a little bit just because we remember those teams that kind of were always a little eight or ten seed in the tournament, might have pulled off an upset or two. You mentioned Blue Collar, the Buffalo team. You know, Buffalo was the team that they were not just a, a good school in the NAC. They were a top team in the country for about yeah, two and, years. And and CJ Massenberg is on the team. Wasn't CJ Massenberg like Mac player of the year? If I'm that name is like ringing a bell. Wasn't CJ Massenberg like just an absolute hound for them? He was. This is this team is that team that beat Arizona, that was a top team in the country. Uh, Devonta Jordan, Dante Crowther, CJ Massenberg, Jeremy Harris, Montel McCray. Nick Perkins, Wes Clark, that's literally their exact team from that year. I guess none of them got an NBA contract, so they all said, let's just 
team up and do that. Um, I mean, Jeremy Harris is a is a is a nightmare matchup, absolute nightmare matchup. A six seven lefty that can shoot. CJ Massenburg can get you on all angles. Nick Perkins is a big body who I honestly don't know if they do run into Carmen's crew. Evan Rabinow is going to have his hands full, or Caleb Wesson, whoever they start there. Uh, yeah, I'm looking it up, and yeah, CJ Massenburg average. As a freshman, 11 a game, and then I went 14 and a half, 17 and 18 oh, each year in college. So bucket, he's going to be bucket. a bucket. I'll take them over the first game. I'll take mm-hmm. them over the Miami team for sure. But yeah, I was, I didn't realize Purdue has, has, um, Isaac Haas and AJ Hammonds on the team. Yes, Purdue is huge. And does Ohio State even have a center? Good luck, Caleb Wesson. That's all I'm going to say. Carmen's crew? Oh. My goodness. Okay. Well, all right. Take note. It, there's there's going to be bracket challenges for this stuff, folks. And for like the six percent of people that take Purdue to beat Ohio State in the for, in the second round, this this was your this was your tip. Um, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to fill out my bracket tonight, and I'm going obviously I'm going to pick Carmen's crew to win it all, probably. But it's going to be a lot of thinking when it comes to especially that side of the bracket. Yeah. I'm 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 uh, I have PTSD. I don't know if I'll pick. I don't know if I can pick Carmen's crew again. Um. All right. Do you want to uh, slide down to like the sideline cancer region? You want to run through those? Yeah. That is. Um. So we have sideline cancer as the one seed. Obviously, sideline cancer, fantastic team. Um. They went to this championship last year. Lost to Golden Eagles. They're going to be back. They're better. They're going to be fantastic. Um. In this one, Best Virginia is the two seed. Heard that's the three seed. Heard that was kind of the fun team last year with O. T. Elmore and John Elmore and. The guys that look like they're hooping at the local YMCA, but they're dropping 30 on you. There's always those guys in this tournament. They're fun. Um, War Ready is the Auburn alumni team. They didn't have a great showing last year as their first year in. They're the five seed. They didn't have a great showing last year in as their as their debut year, but they're back. They have a good team. Uh, a lot of just normal alumni from Auburn when they went to the Final Four. Guys over there on that team. Armored Athletes, the four seed. They'll be playing HBC United. You have Team 23's six seed against Georgia Kings, the 11 seed. That's a Georgia alumni team. Um, D2 is the seven seed. They're playing Bled, Virginia. Um, you know, all the, this is the week before the Ohio State brackets. So they'll be playing the 16th, 17th, and 18th. Primetime players against the Fort Wayne Champs eight, is the 8-9 seed. Sign Lake Cancer drew the James Madison alumni team, Fathers. Uh, they'll be playing them on July 18th. Uh, this one... You know, maybe you can speak a little more on it. This one doesn't stand out to me as anything but sideline cancers region. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe heard that because they got some size and they added some pieces this year and they were good last year. But I mean, just standing out. Best Virginia is pretty much like West Virginia of 2012. Uh, <laughs> but this is this is pretty much sideline cancers to lose. The only the two that jump out at me. So the 15 C, it's called. It's called Woco Showtime, and it's the Wofford team and Fletcher McGee's playing. I love me some Fletcher McGee, and so this whole whole region is kind of weak. Uh, that would be really cool if Fletcher McGee and his um, what are they the Terriers, the Wofford yeah. Terriers, um, if they were able to knock off West Virginia like in Morgantown, that'd be super fun. And then there's an all HBCU team that's the 13 seed in this. Um, the MIAC all-time leading scorer, um, Charles Williams from Howard, is on that team. So you have an all-time leading scorer in, I don't care if it's a Power 5 conference or not, you have the all-time leading scorer in one of you know the NCAA's Division One conferences. 
that would be fun too. That's a legit team you should keep an eye on since this region is just not that great. But yeah, you're right. Like sideline cancer is the best team in that region. We'll see, you know, hopefully they can advance through. Um, I've been a big fan of sideline cancer for a few years now. Um, I have it. I have a sideline cancer t-shirt. They're like my second favorite team. So I hope, I hope that they make it back. My ideal would be Carmen's crew and uh, sideline cancer meeting up. And then I don't even know what I would do then. <laughs> Because sideline cancer is a really good cause. They're raising money for pancreatic cancer. But of course, I need I want the Buckeyes to win too. Yeah, and the only one that really I think maybe maybe could do something against them is primetime players. I mean they have some some guys who played a little bit in the NBA, uh, so that's still you know, that's the big selling point for the TBT is guys mm-hmm. have gone from the NBA to, to play in this, but it I mean sideline cancer, guys like Marcus Keane and, and Remy Abel and Jamel artists, they're just, they're, they're so tough. Yeah. All right, let's scoot over. We have a few minutes left. Try to fly through these other two regions. Um, the bottom left, the Illinois region, so that's going to be the Golden Eagles, the Marquette alumni team. They're the one seed over there. They are, let me zoom in here. They're playing the B1 Ballers, which, uh, what's up with the B1 Ballers? I'm not sure who's on the B1 Ballers. They're going to lose, though. Um, and then number two seed is House of Pain, who we saw last year. They beat Carmen's crew in the first round. Um, they stole Demetri McCamey from Carmen's crew. They added Brandon Paul. They still have Mike Dom. They could win the whole thing. Um, the three seed. Oh, the, who are they playing? The two seed uh, House of Pain. They're playing. Uh, who's the fifteen? Jacksonville Underdogs. And then the three seed in this region is Beheim's Army, who I feel like they lose like first or second round most years. Um, they would play the 14 seed that is Forces of Soul. Um, Forces of Soul is a group of it says American talents with international experience playing in South Korea. I would probably pencil in the three seed to win that one. Um, the four seed is Always Us, an Oregon alumni team. I don't know if they have actually played in TBT before. They would take on the, the Peoria All-Stars as the 13. Uh, the number five is Autism, Autism Army. Um, they're a first-year team. It's like raising awareness for obviously raising awareness um, for a nonprofit that raises money for autism. They would play the 12. The 12 is SCD Hoops. I have no idea who that is. SCD Hoops is 12, though. Uh, the six seed, um, the Overlooked. There are a lot of new teams in this, in this tournament this year, man. Um, it looks like OCD Hoops is – I'm sorry, the Overlooked. I'm sorry. The Overlook is the sixth seed. It looks like they're a lot of Ohio Valley Conference guys. So they are the six. They play Team Heartfire, which is the 11. They have been in the tournament before. Seven seed, always a brave. That is, oh, shoot, the the TBT bracket has it mixed up there. I think the seven seed is the Brotherly Love team, which is the Philadelphia team. Um, and they should take on the 10, which is Tubby Time. Um, it's just basically a bunch of Tubby Smith's former players. So Minnesota, Texas Tech, stuff like that. And then your eight nine, I believe is is uh, always a brave, which is Bradley, Bradley alum, and the nine seed playing for Jimmy V. So, what jumps out at you in that corner? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up SCD Hoops um, because that is the team that jumps out at me. First of all, they're playing for sickle cell disease. That's what the SCD means, um, spreading okay. awareness. They're a Chicago-based team, so they have a lot of a lot of former Big Ten players. AJ Turner played Northwestern. Uh, Derek Pardon, who just played Northwestern, he just graduated. Um, DJ Ho played for Texas A&M. He was a star. 
Billy Garrett Jr. played for DePaul. He was fantastic. James Palmer Jr., if you watch Ohio State, you know him. He played for okay, Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. He's an absolute bucket getter. So there's Mike Henry, who played for Illinois and DePaul. He didn't do much Illinois, but he played well at DePaul. This is actually a pretty decent team. They're 12 seed because this is their first year. So, you know, not a lot. there's not a lot known about them, but um, they they could be a team. Anthony Clemens also played for Iowa. Um, this is a team that could really actually make some noise because they have some big-time just scores. And in this tournament, that's just what you need. I have House of Pain coming out of this one. The Golden Eagles are very good, uh, but they're old at this point. Uh, Carmen Screw did a good job of, like, kind of countering their oldness with the youngness. Golden Eagles haven't really done that. They're just old. Um, like Travis Diener, I mean, it's, it's fun watching him shoot, but he's 55. So I'm not really going to put too much pressure on him. Um, you know, I, I think at the House of Pain team was good enough to win it last year, and all they did was add Brandon Paul, who honestly might be the best player in this tournament, and Demetri McKamey, who if you watch Carmen's crew, you know he's still just as good as he was at Illinois. So th- that's a fantastic team. Mike Dom is going to average 25 a game. This is what he does. And I think that team will, I think that team will advance and have a, very, very good shot to win it all. Yeah, that that region is definitely way better than the sideline cancer region. Now that we've read it out loud, yeah, like yikes. Sideline cancer drew a super easy corner. It looks like. Um, do you want to hit like run through the final? We only have a few minutes left. Do you want to run through the final uh, corner, which is um, who's the one seed? Oh, Everline Drive is the other one. Yeah, so this one, um, you know, it's going to be Everly Drive. They've been in. You know, we know who they are. Jerome Randall is still on the team. Um, you know, they are they, they kinda of tend to fluctuate a little bit, but no matter what they have good players and led by Jerome Randall always. This is a big one because where a lot of people thought overseas elite would be the one seed, but they are not in it this year. Overseas elite is if you don't know, four time T B T winner. Uh Ohio State actually ended Ohio State Carmen's crew ended their reign, uh beating them in the semifinals two years ago. They are not playing it this year, but they vowed to be back. So I don't know what that meant, but it sounded a little scary. But they are not playing this year. Aftershocks is a Wichita State alumni team. You know, you remember those guys like Ron Baker. Um, they're they're back. They're playing. Um, that would be a good team. Challenge ALS is always a team that's kind of fluctuates a little bit. That was the, a couple years ago. They had Jimmer Fredette. They do not have Jimmer Fredette this year. Um, but they're still a good team. Number four sees the LA Cheaters. Number five sees the Florida TNT. That's the Florida alumni team. Uh, they're going to be one to watch just because Florida's always had some great players. Um, they, you know, when you put together these alumni teams, especially guys who play together, guys who know each other, you know, it's just, it's always tends to be somewhat of a, of a chemistry as we saw with Carmen's Carmen crew, no matter how good they are playing, you know, guys like Chris Warren, Brandon Robinson, uh, Keith Clanton, Kenny Boyden, they, you know, we know these names from college basketball. They're all very good. So that'll be a team to kind of watch as a five seed. And then you have team Arkansas, which is our Arkansas alumni. Purple and Black, the eight, the eight seeds Enchantment, nine seeds Oklahoma State alumni, uh, the ten seed is Blue Crew, which is the Creighton alumni team. Uh, but Creighton is kind of their best alumni will be playing, obviously, with Doug McDermott. So I don't know if that team will be too much. TCU alumni team is the eleven seed Fort Worth. Twelve seed is Kimchi Express. Thirteen seed with Mental Toughness. Fourteen seed We Are D three. That's always the D three team that plays. Um, they're always actually pretty decent. I don't know why they're a 14 seed, but that's kind of a tough draw on their part. And then 15 seed is X Pats, and 16 seed is the NG Saints. So, uh, just looking at just the quickest one of this, I think would be pretty simple. I think we'll see the one and two in the finals, Everly Drive against the Aftershocks. Aftershocks are really good. 
Uh, you know, it's those Wichita State teams that, remember, they knocked off Ohio State in 2012 to go to the Final Four. They always have, you know, very strong, very strong players. Everlane Drive, they're veterans of this. They've been doing it for a long time. Um, guys like Akil Mitchell, Archie Goodwin, you know, Jeremy Evans, J.P. Takoto, Marcus Lee. You know, you know all these names from college. Uh, look, Actually, looking at the roster, Jerome Randall is not listed. So I heard he was playing, but maybe... Jerome Randall is on Challenge ALS now. He's on Challenge ALS. Interesting. Yes. Okay, good. Thank you for bringing that up. I knew I saw he was playing. I guess I saw the wrong team. Yeah, he's on challenge. He's on challenge ALS, so he may end up playing against Everline Drive. Yeah, that changes everything I just said then, um, <laughs> because that might put challenge ALS kind of in that driver's seat against the aftershocks because Jerome Randall is that good. Um, and you know, Devonte Frigga is kind of the interesting one because he's the the uh, YouTube star. I, I don't know much about him, but I know that people think he's, he's like some YouTube star that plays basketball. Went to Mount Union. Uh, for Ohio people, mm-hmm. you know, Darren Collison's the head coach, so you know, well coached, obviously. Um, Justin Dentman, so that's a that's a very good team. Sean Marshall plays for them every year, uh, so we'll we'll see. Well, actually, GM this year, so I take that back. The Arkansas team could be good too. That uh, Jalen Barford is a really good player, and uh, you probably didn't see him too much because the Jackson Tennessee underdogs was like a like a super low siege in the last few years, but like he basically scored all their points every game, and they only won a game or two. But now he's back playing for Arkansas. And uh, Dusty Hannas is a former Arkansas player who's like a really, really, really good shooter. Um, he's also with the Arkansas team. So that'll be an interesting corner. But I think that I don't think it's even really debatable that like the two tough corners, if I can pull the thing back up here, the tough corner is definitely like the Carmen's crew corner is pretty stacked. And then the uh, I think the Golden Eagles corner with uh, Illinois, Marquette, um, Bayheim's Army, Oregon as the four. I think those two corners are like definitely the, the thickest there. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. We don't really have time to do like a whole bracket, like fill it out, but maybe in the next couple of weeks we will uh, just crack it open and do one whole episode, just filling out a bracket. If you're down for that. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And like, <laughs> like we said, it, we, there's no point to really do it right now. It's June 22nd. This tournament does not start till July 17th. So maybe the week before would be a good time to, to do that. pretty much do it for us um if you're finding us on the website do not forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and music um we're rolling out a few new podcasts um this year and we will be posting new new podcast episodes five days a week now that's for the whole site not us individually but we do about five podcasts per week here at Langrand hoyland so make sure to keep your eye on that um thank you for listening we'll be back with you in two weeks um you can follow me on twitter at lamans underscore connor you can follow the website at landgrant33 is the twitter account obviously the website is landgranthoyland.com and then justin um what is your twitter instagram email myspace what where can people find you yeah you can find me on twitter justin underscore golba i'm not going to quite give out my email just in case somebody's <laughs> mad at me and if you want to talk tbt over the next month hit me up because i'm very excited for it it's one of my favorite things that gets put on and um you know i'm very excited to see it kick off to ball. Go Bucks, everybody. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks.